When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Well, well, well. What do you know? What do you know? No, seriously, Tom. What do you know? What do you know? Uh, that's the topic for today. That's it? What do you know? That's wow. the topic. Well, good thing, good thing the show only goes two hours because I'm not sure I know more than two hours worth of stuff. Worth and of I stuff? can really say affirmatively that I do know. I, well, I a think reason. a lot of things, but... There's a reason yeah. why what do you know is the topic because oh. we think we know a lot, some of us, but we really don't and when it comes to money and investing maybe the better question is what don't you know actually an even better question than that is what things don't you know that you don't know you don't know or what things you know you know but you're wrong or things you <laughs> think you know but That's you're wrong I love. people i know that well, but you know what you what you don't know can hurt you and what you don't know you don't know can hurt you even more indeed and while this all sounds really confusing it actually is designed to make Make some sense because when you are investing money, you, if you're like most people, don't know a lot that you should know. And that's why we sit around here on Saturdays. Yeah, I'm standing. Stands, I, sit. Yeah, okay. I sit. I sit. I sit. Yeah. I think I'm tired. I think I'm just, just a little dingy from tearing everything out of my house to put new floors in. No kidding. Uh, but what we want to do is try to teach you to recognize what you don't know and to help you know things that most of the people in this industry, they don't want you to know. They want you to be, they want you in the dark and they want to shovel stuff on you and let you let you grow fungi for their personal <laughs> consumption. In the dark. In, in yeah, the got dark. It. Yeah, all right. Anyway, uh, we want to help you out with your financial ish- issues. Yeah, I, this is the interesting conversations that we get to have because people come in our office and often, well, oftentimes they go to a class, they get a blueprint, or some people just call up and say, I, I, my money's been here at another place for a long time. What do you think? So that happened this week. Very nice young lady came in with her portfolio and um, she got, the money ended up at the uh, at the place that's being managed because of a friend of a friend sort of relationship, right? It's a person. They're very nice, though. They they're always so nice. <laughs> and they're charging. The nicest people I've ever known. It is a registered investment advisor, so it is oh, a fiduciary response. That that what? okay, so that's good. What they're charging her one point two percent a year, which is more than okay. I'd like to see you pay, but not unreasonable. It's not. We've seen higher. I think we just looked at somebody this weekend. We just looked at one one point eight five or something. Yeah, kind of kind of spendy. Yeah, you start getting north of one and a half. That's off the well. Anyway, it's getting a little higher than I'd like it's to see too you pay. Much. It's, it really is, Frank. But so, and the portfolio was, as portfolios used to look like years ago, a series of individual stocks because they have a stock picker that's buying Microsoft and selling Apple and looking at firms, or I guess in today's world, you'd just be buying Facebook and Amazon, right? Because they were, they've had the, they both made about 30% in the first half of the year. So anyway, so this, the portfolio is, is a number of stocks and she looked at it and she said, well, this, after what you've explained to me, that feels like kind of like gambling. Well, that, it, it, Whoa. It, Gosh, really? Came to that realization That's or something. That's what it is. Yeah, it kind of is. But here, then I turned the conversation around. I said, okay, but what's the purpose of this money? Well, it turned out the money had been inherited, most of it, and the purpose is her retirement, which is probably 10 years down the road. Okay. Then this is where a little bit has to be on you, the public, investing public, or you that, that calls us for the help. What are you trying, what rate of return are you trying to achieve with the money? That feels very, I can't put my finger oh. on that. Oh, I, wait, I don't know. wait, ask me that question. What rate 100. of return? 
turn 100. I want 100. <laughs> okay, I want 100. I want 100%, yeah. sir. Okay, and how much volatility up and down are you willing, especially down? I, I can answer that one, too. My hand's up. Yeah. Uh, uh, none. Zero. So you want to make 100. Zero. You want to make a lot with make no risk. And yeah. zero. You sound like all of us, right? Just want to yeah. make that much and <laughs> not take any problem. risk. Because you and I have invested in you know private companies, some of which have gone up very quickly and some of which have gone down quickly because it happens. But you don't want to do that in your portfolio. So she didn't know that, right? This is, I think, for the crux of the matter for anybody who invests dollar one. What are you trying to make? How much risk are you willing to take to willing make to that take, money? Right. She didn't know right. that. She was a little, I think, embarrassed. And I said, that's okay because most people don't know. They don't know. So at the end of the day, they don't know really what their stock to bond ratio is. That is stocks being the riskier things and bonds being the less risky things should be. You should know that. That's one thing yes. you should now, know. please, though, let me come to the defense of these Of the defenseless? Souls. Okay. Because somebody has to stand up for them. Apparently, it's not you. I guess not. I'm Cast feeling bad now. <laughs> and this is where it comes to not knowing what you don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how someone is supposed to know that they need to know those things when they're never, ever taught to know those things. And this is this falls heavily, heavily on the shoulders of Wall Street and the insurance industry and stockbrokers across the country because for the most part, <clears throat> pardon me, for the most part, most of these really nice stockbrokers have no desire to tell you, to help you learn anything about yourself, to learn anything about your risk needs or your risk tolerance, to learn anything about the degree of risk that you're actually taking, how much you're paying in commissions and fees. They That is the antithesis of what they're trained to do, which is to take your money, get it invested as quickly as possible, put it in theirs and the firm's pocket, and send you on your way so they can go prospect the next person. So to say that it is individual fault for not knowing something that they have no way to know they should know. That's fair. That is, that, and, and traditionally, as you say, the industry's been very good at telling you a great story and taking your money in and then investing it in some way and not really when explaining the how that's the time <laughs> you heard of? I, I have been in this business. I started as a stockbroker in 1983 and never once, not once, were we told to test a client's risk tolerance. Not one time. True there is there were There were no tests for co- tolerance for risk. There weren't even questions we asked about tolerance for risk. We didn't talk about risk. Risk was one of those subjects that you avoided at all costs because it brought something negative into the sales process. So Wall Street is the biggest problem in this formula. Okay, but you're listening today. Maybe you're driving somewhere. You're getting ready to do something. I, if this was me, I would be looking at my portfolio, and I think the half a year break is a good time to do it. I, I think you know this, Don. I have a spreadsheet that I do every six months that looks at the 401k, Roth IRAs, other investments, and kind of gives me a feel for, well, here's how and things have done. And I thought that done. was only Bill who did that. <laughs> here's how things have done. <laughs> We're going to pick on Bill. No offense, Bill. <laughs> here's how things have kind of done. I kind of then look at, well, here's how the market, just so I have a comparison to say, okay, I'm kind of okay. doing what I should be doing, et cetera, But et cetera. again, Tom, how long have you been in that's the financial true. services I, I, I get industry. it. All right. I understand that that's not fair for everybody. But I don't know where I don't know where people are supposed to get this education. Um, and and I, except I want to say, except for here. Yeah, well, okay. uh, because uh, if if they turn on CNBC, that's not what CNBC they're is not going to no, get it. No. If they open the Wall Street Journal. Nope. They're generally not going nope. to get it. Nope. If they open Money Magazine, mm, they're no. not going to get it. If they turn on their radio on the weekend, no. they're definitely no. not going to get it. It, except true. here, because everybody else is out selling those blasted indexed annuities that uh, are, are designed specifically to teach you nothing about investing and to make it appear that you can get that thing. Remember that thing I asked for just a few All minutes ago? All big return and no risk. No risk. Sign me up. Sign me up. No, sure. You're, 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 I mean, but there are books. Of course, you could read any of John Bogle's books would be a help. Yes, John Bogle's books are a help. Uh, uh, Paul Merriman's Dan, book is a good one. Dan, Dan Solon. Solon's books yep. are mm-hmm. awesome. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don McDonald's book, they, I hear, oh, is pretty I love good. Don McDonald's book. It's been around for you a know, long time now. A lot of people have yeah. told me that that was the easiest, right. simplest explanation of investing kinda, that yeah. they've ever read, but nope. it's not a bestseller by any means. 
Okay, it's time to take a call. Gene, welcome to Talking Real Money. Hi, Gene. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me today. Uh, big fans of the show. I wanted to ask you guys your opinion. I'm currently with Vanguard uh, with my Roth IRA, but I was considering going to Motif on Paul Merriman's recommendation. I was wondering what you thought about Motif as a custodian. Well, here's here's our and, and by the way, by the way, uh, Paul's yeah. going to be on the show. I think it's three weeks from today uh, when Don's out visiting some other place that we can't yet talk about. But uh, here's the reason that we struggle with Motif generally. I like the portfolios Paul's put together. The problem I have with Motif is it's kind of the hot thing of the day. They, in other words, if you show up today, they've got an idea, you show up tomorrow. If you were just to go use one of the portfolios Paul has, I think that's perfectly fine. I think they're good. I, you know, And I think you're going to get probably greater diversification there than you would in a one fund yep. solution at Vanguard. But I see nothing but wrong with that. But the problem is there's a little motif for anyone, and that's, it can get yeah, very seductive yeah. to get into some of these things that can be really, really dangerous. If motif was just one smart portfolio or two, I'd be happy. Quick break. In addition to our Talking Real Money podcast, we have a few other tools to help you gain a better understanding of the concept of real investing. Of course, there's Real Investing Journal. That's offered in both a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. Explore both those options at realinvestingjournal.com, realinvestingjournal.com. Then we teach classes. We offer most of our live classes in the Seattle area because that's where most of our offices are, but most of you live elsewhere. That's why we're now offering the same classes that Tom and I taught at RetireMeet online right now, free at TalkingRealMoney.com under the video link. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com and then click on the video link. You'll see them right there. Finally, we also manage the wealth or the budding wealth of hundreds of folks like you through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestory. You'll find our approach is consistent with the message we've been sharing for decades. We always put our clients' needs first, our fees are among the lowest of any non-robo-advisor, and constant education is one of our core values. Visit Vestry.com for more information on our firm and to take our free no-obligation risk quiz to better understand the level of investment volatility you can tolerate. That's vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Welcome back to the show. I'm Don McDonald. What do you know about your dough? A lot of things you think you know are probably wrong, and there are a lot of things you should know that you probably don't. Now, you know, Tom, Tom's aware that uh, my I, my office is in my home, so I have to escape once in a while, and I go to this little place called Chick-fil-A. Go to it? I thought you were part owner. I, pro- I, I have a booth. It's mine. Uh, and uh, there's a couple, who a semi-retired couple. He was a former chiropractor. They work the dining room. They're the nicest couple in the world. Sweet, sweet people. And and the wife was talking about her ultimate vacation. I am just dying to go to Waco. And I did a double take. I went, Waco, Texas? Why would you want to go to Waco, Texas? She goes, oh, wait, you don't know about Waco? I said, what about Waco? She goes, Magnolia Market? I went, I so you're going to blow the whole thing? You're going to go ahead and blow it up here? You're not going to have Ma- a contest? Magnolia? Okay. No, I'm not. Magnolia okay. Market is apparently the shopping mecca of about half the women in America and some of the men. Uh, it is owned by Chip and Joe. Chip and Joe. Chip and Joe are the hosts of the HGTV show Fixer Upper. And apparently people just love Chip and Joe to pieces. It's a cute show. I watch and, and so this have- is like home improvement kind of thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or buying so places? and then flipping them? That's what they did. They did a lot of that. They okay. buy them, they refurb them, they flip them. They, they have stores with, now with furniture. They're they're working with now with Pier 1. They've turned this into this empire. Apparently, is the store if, big or small? It's huge. Oh, okay. And, what, and like, they're selling like home supplies? They have, con- they have, they sell, no, they sell furniture and decorating stuff. They have concerts. They have restaurants. Wow. They It's just this huge And so you decided to add that to your cross-country jaunt. Well, 
the problem or is actually, I'm going I should to, say Debbie decided to yeah, add that to the I'm con- going. I'm going to DFA, Dimensional Funds, to meet yeah. the, the staff in Austin on my way. And turns out Waco's just 45 minutes up the road. So Is that right? I didn't know that. Okay. I know yeah, that So close. we're going to be going to Waco. Okay. I'll be doing the show while yeah. I wonder what Debbie will be doing hmm. while I'm doing the show. Hold the credit cards. I don't, I don't yeah. want to sound sexist, but I know what she'll be doing. Yeah. So anyway, the Magnolia Market is All this. Right. Uh, it's supposed to be this. And let me tell you this. They have a bed and breakfast, this couple. Debbie goes, oh, can we stay in their bed and breakfast? I looked it up. How much? It was $800 a night. Yeah, because they're on TV. Hey, wait a minute. That's because we're on radio. Maybe we we're could on charge the radio. $400 a night or something. Yeah, huh? yeah we get uh. half that price at your house. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> sure, no problem. Yeah, I never got anywhere vest- near that for everybody to live there, so sure. It's, it's the vestry. Uh, what are we going to call it? The I do have the above-ground pool in the backyard. It's slightly yeah, warm. We've established that's a blow-up pool. <laughs> I said that. I, a, I said above-ground pool. I know, but above-ground pool sounds like it's like a pool. It's oh, not, okay. It's no, a, it's, no it's, it's, it's a very a temporary soaker. structure. It's no, it's, no, it's more than that's three feet deep. All right, so it's It's a it's thigh effective. soaker. <laughs> and Dave, you're up next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hey, Dave, how can we help you today? Hi, guys. I'm doing pretty good. Good. I'm uh, just early 50s, and I have a uh, home with a new um, uh, financial guy from Forrester's Financial, and uh, he's got us into um, a very balanced portfolio with both stocks and mutual funds. And so we just wanted to see if that was kind of the right tack to take. Hey, Dave, can we get you to hang on a minute? We'll chat about this on the other side of the break. We're going to take a break. Um, I just want to tell you, though, Dave, steal yourself. Steal yourself. Because, you know, I bet this guy from Foresters is a really, really nice guy. And that's going to be about the extent of it. Stick around. We'll find out more after this. We hope you're enjoying one of the more unique podcasts out there, but we want to remind you that there are other tools we offer to help you get educated about what we call real investing. We publish Real Investing Journal both as a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. You can check those out at realinvestingjournal.com. Then we offer classes, most of which are in the Seattle area, but now we've got a couple of the classes that we taught at RetireMeet online for free at TalkingRealMoney.com under the video link. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com, click on the video link. And finally, we rarely mention it, but we also manage wealth for hundreds of folks and well over a third of a million dollars through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestry. We manage money just as we talk about it. We always put our clients first, our fees are low, and we educate you on a regular basis. Go to Vestry.com to learn more, and you can take our free no-obligation risk quiz to understand the level of investment volatility you can tolerate. That's Vestry.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Now, back to the question at hand from Dave. Yeah, Dave, uh, you're you're investing with the Foresters. And, you know, the Foresters is an old organization. It's a mutual organization. It feels clubby. You know, you're a member of the Foresters. And, of course, they all take care of each other when, in fact, they really don't. They take really good care of the Foresters agents, who are, of course, once again, really nice people. Uh, But did they mention the the expenses and the commissions to you when you got involved? Yeah, we, we talked about all that. Um, and, I used to be a Merrill Lynch particular uh, investor, and Merrill Lynch uh, changed their processes. Um, we had a, a gal that uh, we knew very well, and she retired, and then our investments went into the pool of investors yeah. kind of management, but, and that was not a very good situation at all. Yeah, but let me ask you why you chose to go to jump from the Merrill Lynch frying pan into the Forester's Fire. Ooh, that's kind of a Forester's Fire. For fire? Uh, it's the right time of year. Because, I mean, why you, you paid commissions at Merrill. You took your money out, and then you gave this new person these big fat commissions and ridiculously high expenses. I mean, I'm looking at their global fund. How much? And, and the average annual expense ratio is 1.52 percent. You're paying through the well, nose. Dave, you, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. I'm just listening. Yeah, I mean, so just as an equivalent, so that is a mutual fund that holds a fairly big basket of stocks. I don't know how many stocks, Don, but but um. Well, I mean, let me pull and, up. It's, so just call, give you, you a com- just to give you a comparison, you could go on. 
the dimensional funds has an international fund that you pay about 40 basis points for. So 0.4 versus 1.5. So right again, right off the bat, whoever's running the the fund they're using their Forester has to outperform by more than 1% a year. We can't find that for an active manager, somebody who can pick stocks or time markets or be in the right sectors or all those things. So instead, we would say own the index at a much lower cost. You could go to Vanguard and do that. If you yeah. really had to have, you know, professional management, again, our recommendation would go to be to go to the dfaus.com website, look up an advisor who is a fiduciary who does generally have lower costs, generally. And let me just make an interesting comparison for you. I, I'm not just making this stuff up. Uh, the if, if you, let's just assume you use the First Investors Global Fund, which is a global fund that, that Foresters sells. That fund, again, five and three quarter percent upfront commission, mm. 1.52% expense ratio. It's split about 60-40 U.S. to international okay. with 100 stocks in the portfolio. Oh, so that's a very limited diversification. Uh, the Vanguard International Fund, I have to look it up, but probably would have 2,500 uh, or 3,000 no, stocks. No, in. no, oh. no. We're talking oh, because, because this it's is US a global. Ended. Oh, yeah. It probably has this more is like... a global. So this is, compare this to the Vanguard Total World. Oh, Vanguard VT. The VTWSX, the Vanguard Total By the World way, Stock Index Investors. Yeah, how many, fun, how many is that? Uh, that Well, let me just start at the very beginning. There is no load to get into that fund. Okay, so the, that first, it's free. Second, it costs 1.3% less per year. It's 0.21 per year as opposed to, opposed to 0.1.51. And its portfolio is about 60, 40, 60% U.S., 40% international. But its portfolio consists of 7,624 stocks. So take a guess as to which fund is riskier, the one that holds 100 or the one that holds 7,000. 7, By the obviously, way, obviously the one has more stock. Correct. Yeah. And then let me give you the ticker again, just so you know, it's it's V is in Victor, T is in <laughs> Tango. Doing doing yeah, it. I'm doing it. And I'm going to tell you why here in a minute. W as in whiskey, S as in Sierra and X as in X-ray. Because a guy, one of our clients was in the office this week. He said, well, you guys run through those tickers. How about using the phonetic alphabet? So there, I just did it. Okay. So I hope my client is happier now. So no, this would not be the approach we'd undertake because this is not fiduciary advice. It's very high expense and it's fairly limited diversification at the, at the quickest way. Makes sense? That makes sense. Um, the, the difference that I know, and we did this, like I said, with Merrill, is we knew somebody very well in the in the company. And in this case, we've had um, a, a rapport with this particular agent um, at mm-hmm. Forrester's. So, That's what and I this is, you see. Most of this industry is built on that rapport. Exactly that. Nine, nine times out of ten, we find that there is a relationship yeah. between the client and the salesperson. That is how they build their books. But Dave, for you and for everyone else, that is not the way to build wealth. This is a business decision. Uh, and again, they're nice. They're supposed, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing they're if they trained. weren't nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they, this person, I, I, I could, if they can, with a clear conscience, call themselves your friend or a good acquaintance, good for them. But the fact of the matter is either they don't know any better, either they don't know any better, or they just don't care. But it is almost impossible to justify these kinds of mutual funds, active management, these kinds of fees, and these kinds of commissions. If you want the honest, if you want the honestly the best stuff for your family, this ain't it. Thanks for the call. But this is the biggest problem with this industry. This is the biggest problem with us investing in this country is we keep investing with friends and family. Just because your friend got a job with an insurance company or a stock brokerage firm does not mean they know anything. That's what we talk about on this show, and we want to help you know more. Not know more, but know more with a K. Know more about money, know more about investing, know more about the things you should know, and understand what the, the, the what people are telling you it may not be good for you, even though they're, oh, they're so nice. Well, they always are nice. I mean, this because people, I've heard that once, I've heard it a million times. But they're so nice. And, you know, Dave, who we talked to recently was saying, yeah, I went with Forrester and they're nice. Here's the reality. Somebody who's charging you 5.75% commission Ain't and then nice. putting you into a fund that charges you more than 1.5% a year, they better be really, really, really nice because that's pretty expensive. And the odds are you're going to make 
make less than the market over that period of time because you're paying too much to others. Just like investing. The yeah. odds are you don't know what the odds are. It's a good point. So, I mean, yeah. so yeah, it's frustrating. So, but anyway, yeah, we'll be glad to talk to you about any of those things that Don just mentioned around retirement and investing and should I use a Roth or all, all mm-hmm. it, it feels very confusing, but. Should I be in the market? Should I be out of the market? Right. And this That's gets, coming up. Well, I, <laughs> a lot lately. I know. because you it noticed was, how it many was, articles there are about New York are we Times? Are a top? New York Times said time to worry, right? Time to be worried yeah. about the market because it's, and this is, because you'll hear more of these stories because we've had a great first half of the year. The S&P made over eight. Uh, 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 international did better than that. Emerging markets did better. So now, you and, and it comes from so few stocks, right? The FANG stocks, isn't that what you said? Oh, yeah. A the, lot of the return has come from the FANG. Yeah, okay. And that's- Right from the FANGs. <laughs> Bite in, baby. Pointy. <laughs> so that's Facebook, right? Amazon. Facebook, Amazon. I don't think I know all of them. There's another A. It's Apple? a double A fang. Yeah, Apple. Okay. Then an N. N as in Come on. November. N as in, <laughs> what? Yeah. N as in Netflix. Netflix, pardon me. And then what's the G, even though it should be an A Google, now? Google. Google. Yeah, alphabet. It's yeah. alphabet, really. But. And those uh, stocks they, made they a lot have really of money. led well, the rally recently it. in yeah. the market. So the thinking is, well, they're going to stumble here mm-hmm. one of these days. The problem is, when is that day? Which day will Which that day happen? Which day is that? Yeah. yeah. If you own all of those, you've made a lot of money and you're at a a lot of risk when they do stumble. But if you own a diversified portfolio, you just don't own a little of those. By the way, the NASDAQ last year made how much? It lost uh, money last 75? year. So oh, it no. was so in a way, when you look at all these things, it was kind of like it was well, time for that to happen in some here's ways. My, here's my philosophy about these stupid stories about, is the market too high now? They're all driven by the same set of media Media. I don't know. Can you say that? Perma bears. I can say horse. Yeah. Okay. I was going to tell like our editor to clean yeah. it up. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what they are. They really are. They're, they're looking for media attention. I'll give you a great example. They quoted in this New York Times story from today mm-hmm. a gentleman by the name of James Stack. Yes. I'm I, very familiar with Jim Stack. I love to make <laughs> out fun of Montana. Of these guys. He's in Montana, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. October 9th, 2001. October 9th. Get this. October 9th, 2001. Now, when did. Uh, Anyway, an article from Forbes, James Stack, a perennial bear. That he is. Bucks the bandwagon and sees good news. What? That was when the market crashed. Mm-hmm. Then in 2014, this is from Market Watch, 2014. Let me just do my math of 17. So this is three and a half years ago. Yeah. Jim Stack has turned negative on the market and he's uh, predicting an, a, 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 an eventual downturn. So you could, in that case, say Stack he, blew it. He, like no? everyone else who gets is the market he blew his stack yeah <laughs> okay sorry there's a there's a mutual fund called the fair home fund which was like the red hot the the hottest thing ever it was beating the pants off the s&p 500 until it didn't right and so all this billions rushed into it wait i was at a table in vegas where a guy was playing craps and he was beat, he was winning <laughs> tens of things just every i wonder if he was really really skilled i'm not craps. picking on him as much as i'm picking on you in the audience because this is what happened happens with mutual funds. He was hot. So billions of dollars poured into the fund, right? right. Just in time for what? That. Yeah, he had inflows and in billions. To go cold. For him to go uh, Berkowitz is his last name. All right. And the fund is the Fairholm Fund. Son of fund. Sam? I, I knew you were going to go there. So he was red hot. And actually over the last 18 years, he still has done much better than the S&P. But you had to deal with a lot of volatility, the ups and downs. Now, article in the Wall Street Journal today that you'd never see in Real Investing Journal, because this is not investing. This is really gambling. Vegas. This yeah. is like Vegas. He has on the comeback bid, and what's he betting on? What's he doubling down? I mean, tripling down, quadrupling down on is this retailer that you hear about in the news from time to time. And the news is generally not very good when you hear about them called Sears. Okay, raise your hands if you've shopped in a Sears store lately. <laughs> I'm not seeing a lot of hands. Have you been in a Sears? I walked through one because I was in a mall and I needed to get out. So yeah, I, I, I used to work for Sears. I know you did. I worked in My the son Sears. Worked Tower. For Sears, yep. I actually worked in the Sears Tower. Mm-hmm. I worked in a Sears uh, service center. I worked for Dean Witter, which was a member of the Sears Financial Network. Sears was a great retailer then. They were powerful. They then. were big. They were the biggest. Now they're gone. I don't care what you call that little lingering corpse out there. That That is not a Sears. But here's 
what I love about investment managers. So he, a, a big part of the fund now holds Sears in varieties of ways, Sears debt and Sears stock and all these things. You're making a big bet on Sears. But here's what I love about this. Is? Do you know how big the bet is? Oh, I forget. It's like 10% of the fund or something. Oh, no. Try again. No, it's higher? Over 20% oh. of Well, he the only owns assets. nine stocks in the whole fund. Nine. That's crazy. But here's what I love about this because for we're on the air telling you diversify, keep your costs low, rebalance. Don't pay attention to this. The rest of the time, the information is why you need to buy this fund or why you need to buy this stock. He believes Sears is a great purchase because it has been beaten down, because it holds this real estate in malls that will eventually be worth a lot of money because there will be some use for that real estate at the end of the right. day. Now, uh, I, I, this is a question for all of the audience again. Again, <laughs> raise your hands if you've seen a mall in your community or nearby community that has been vacant or nearly dead for more than 10 years. You got yeah, your hand oh, up. lots of hands. Yeah, it turns out. But, I, so, but this is what makes it fascinating. So he's got a great story as to why you need to own Sears. He's made a big bet on it. Sears is off to a roaring start this year, down 14%. Here's what I don't get. Well, one, okay, his five-year return, half that of the S&P 500. Yeah, half, okay? But that's not even what I don't get yet. I don't get why we need all these middle people. Why do we need a fair home fund with Son of Sam running it uh, or <laughs> oh, your I, stock broker? I'm going to get my lawyer Merrill. online, too, for that oh, one. That was a joke. Okay. That was a Please. joke. Please, yeah. We know that the Son of Sam, he, he's in jail or something, isn't he? Mm-hmm. They did catch him, right? They did. Well, then we're good. Okay. Then we're good. Nothing to worry about. All right. Uh, here's what bothers me is why don't we just eliminate all the middle people, the stockbrokers, the money managers, the guys on CNBC. If you're going to bet on stock, they should just have a big board at, uh, you know, the at, at the Aria in Vegas okay. or at Muckleshoot there in uh, Seattle. Uh-uh. They should just have a big board. You walk in and you go, I'm betting that Sears is going to come back. And you just bet and you come back a few days later and you see if you want. That's all the time you get a few days? Or you could, you could buy right. different ones. The, the point you know, is you it, could, it is You can place a year bet. Yeah. You can place a two-year bet. And, and the longer the bet, the more you have to put up and uh, take the middlemen out and just gamble on the Sadly, prices. Sadly, though, And you know what? They used mm, to do that. They did. Yeah. You used to be able to Back walk in. Back in the 20s, yep. mm-hmm. they were called bucket, bucket shops. shops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. You didn't actually buy the stocks. You couldn't afford them. You would bet on the on the ticker. I can't remember That's why all. they were called bucket shops, but I knew at one time. Now uh, you're going to make me look Because when you ran out of money, the bucket. <laughs> What's that? I knew you were going there. So it, it the spittoon? But the, the spittoon. sad that most people believe that is investing. That's what they think right. it is. It's a zero-sum game. I got to pick the right stocks or I don't make any money. And it is not. That is not investing. That is pure gambling. And again, there isn't any Mr. Berkowitz or others we know that can beat the market over a long period of time. Sorry. Declare your independence from stock picking, from market timing, from yeah. sector investing, from gambling. We'll show you how. Declare Claire, you need to. That was my corny de- Fourth of July thing. Sorry. Well, but you know, it's a good point in there. You you need to figure out how to declare your financial independence because you're going to need to be at some point in your life when you retire, probably. And you want to make sure that you only you're, you're, you're investing in such a way that you give yourself the edge, not the people well, this who get, are selling you. Yeah. Stuff. And that's a because this has come up already a couple of times in the program. We talked to uh, Dave earlier. We talked about somebody who came into our office. The, the fact that most of you sort of have blind trust or faith in a person because you have a relationship with them. I gave them the money because I, I know them or they're a friend of the friend. The reality is that makes us uncomfortable because, as Don said, this really is a business relationship. They are profiting from that. Number two, you got to have some knowledge about this or you, you the awful things could happen to your money could be stolen. You could be charged huge commissions. You could be in products that are inappropriate. All of those things, you've got to have some knowledge. And that's what we try to offer here I, a couple hours I every hate, week. I hate how financially, particularly investing illiterate people are. I just don't like the fact that investing illiteracy is appears to be in this country the absolute norm and it's really really sad um and i i think that this show should be mandatory listening mandatory mandatory i think we should have uh a a a this is a good job for trump he wants to be a dictator he can be the dictator <laughs> of radio oh listening. you are really so let's see you're at berkowitz for being the son of sam now trump's uh, oh my goodness you are really i tell you what you're working it hard all right let's you know, uh, let's go back to the phones before you get in any more trouble what do you say I, well you know is that all right <laughs> i thought it was uh you know part of the constitution 
Constitution that oh, I can say Oh, man. Stuff. Yeah, you can. You right. absolutely can. All right, let's go. I want to get a tweet. <laughs> I guess so. I want to get working a tweet. It. You're working it really hard here. You know, low IQ Don. Yeah, low IQ Don. Who was bleeding profusely from his face. <laughs> AM radio voice. Got it. All right, he Alex. He sounds like a disc jockey. <laughs> exactly. Alex joins us here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Alex. How are you? Hello, hi. Thanks for taking my call. Our pleasure. And, uh, I have a question about uh, market timing, and uh, it's related to also your friend Paul Merriman. Yes. That I I heard him. He usually talks about uh, buy and hold, so very similar to type of strategy that you always talk about. But I heard him talking about the market timing and the market timing fund that he has. And to be fair, he says that he recommends that to very few people. Most of people shouldn't use it. That's what he says. But he also says that it's a strategy that has a better risk-adjusted return, which sounds very strange to me. So just no. Well, okay, let's unpack that a little bit. Now, well, first of I, all, we're yes, going to have different opinions on yeah that. we are no well okay but generally just so i i'll explain the strategy because i used to work with paul the market timing that his old firm does that paul believes in is trend following most people think market timing is designed to make you more than the money and protect you no it's designed to protect you on the downside so they had trend following systems that say when prices get to this point we sell so the idea is you sell before it settles all the way down and then at some point you buy back in that's the that's the big picture strategy now the okay. reality is very few people, as Paul said, I, I've even seen professionals who've got the signal and said, no, I'm overriding it because this doesn't, uh, the market's not actually going to do what it appears to do. What it does, though, the reality, because many years ago, Paul tried to sell me on this when I was on the radio many, many years ago. He actually flew to my house. on his Which isn't easy because the, the landing, yeah, it's not yeah. that big. So, uh, But the, the numbers are worse than if you just created a diversified portfolio and held it. Yeah, there is some evidence because what you're doing is you're giving up upside and you're giving up downside. You're protecting a little bit from downside. You're getting you're, you're 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 suffering some on the downside and you're cutting off some of your upside. So you're narrowing those bands. The problem is the stock market goes up a lot more than it goes down. So why are you even bothering to protect yourself? real money. Quick break. In addition to our Talking Real Money podcast, we have a few other tools to help you gain a better understanding of the concept of real investing. Of course, there's Real Investing Journal. That's offered in both a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. Explore both those options at realinvestingjournal.com, realinvestingjournal.com. Then we teach classes. We offer most of our live classes in the Seattle area because that's where most of our offices are, but most of you live elsewhere. That's why we're now offering the same classes that Tom and I taught at RetireMeet online right now, free at TalkingRealMoney.com under the video link. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com and then click on the video link. You'll see them right there. Finally, we also manage the wealth or the budding wealth of hundreds of folks like you through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestory. You'll find our approach is consistent with the message we've been sharing for decades. We always put our clients' needs first. Our fees are among the lowest of any non-robo-advisor and constantly Constant education is one of our core values. Visit Vestry.com for more information on our firm and to take our free no-obligation risk quiz to better understand the level of investment volatility you can tolerate. That's Vestry.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. You should never allow yourself to be sold anything. You shouldn't get financial advice from friends or family. Ever. Get a pro. Wait a minute. Most of my clients are friends. Well, now they are. <laughs> well, there were a few that were friends before that. But, before. But, you yeah. know, you got to be very, very careful about that because most of your friends and family are, well, okay, wait, let's make it easier. Yeah. Not, not let's, let's not say blanket no friends or family. No friends or family who are not always required to act in your best interests or as a fiduciary. And I, this is another point I that is, it. yeah, that is so gray, especially now when because fiduciaries become this marketing term that oh, I'm a fiduciary. Well, are you all the time? All oh, that's the key point because we have people who are what we call duly registered. They sometimes are fiduciary, and then other times they can, as Don yeah. like say, put on the other hat and sell you a yeah. nice as big we, fat as annuity. As we've discovered on this show, when people call and <laughs> yeah. go, oh, I was talking to a guy who said he was a fiduciary and he sold me an indexed annuity. No, no 
can't he's do it. He's not a fiduciary then. He took off his fiduciary hat if he ever actually owned one. You know, I'd make him prove it. Show me your fiduciary hat. Always. I want to see it. I want to see it super glued to your head. Well, and I, a couple of years ago, I made a two-page form yeah. to help people vet their advisors. I just recently condensed it down to a one-page form. One-page printable PDF. It's very popular. At TalkingRealMoney.com. You put down your name. You put down the firm's name. You ask the firm for a few things, a little bit of information about them and their fee structure and what they sell. And then at the very bottom, this is, if you don't go download the form, write a statement like this up and hand it to them and ask them to sign it. I affirm that I am required by law to act in your best interest. I take my fiduciary responsibility very seriously. Therefore, I promise to adhere to a strict fiduciary standing in all of our dealings, all of our dealings as follows. One, I will always put your interests ahead of my own. I will conduct prudent and responsible due diligence using the best resources at my disposal. I will always behave honestly. All important facts about my advice, including all fees and commissions charged and or received. You see, the insurance industry, they get you with that one. They go, well, we didn't charge your commission. Did you get one? Yeah. Then you charged it to the client. Uh, and I will avoid all conflicts of interest and should, because sometimes they'll arise, should potential conflicts of interest arise, I will disclose and manage them in your favor at all times. And this is the form apparent, my wife tried to get me to sign this about a week ago and I'm still thinking about it a little bit. So was this, did she scratch out all the stuff about money and just oh, say, yeah. just in you general. just have to act in her best interest exactly. at all times? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the husband's exactly. uh, pledge. Oh, yeah. Fiduciary pledge. Yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. probably uh, sign let it. Me, let me just let me just share something with you. <laughs> yeah. Either you live up to it or you won't be living with her anymore. That's so a good point. it works pretty much. <laughs> well, this time of year I'm not. I mean, she's never home anyway. So yeah. You know, well, gone. she's in the pizza biz. Yeah. She's, she's in the pizza biz. Food trucks all over the place. So yeah. pretty much yeah. home alone. As she's always out, well, I out, fi- out and about. I know. I want to finish the thing on the market timing thing real quick because this is Did, you said we're gonna oh, have a difference of opinion. Paul, yeah. Yeah, we I don't think I don't know that we do. I because I have long of it. Well, yeah, I have long, but here's the value of it, because some people emotionally cannot just sit there. It doesn't matter that you have a, because what Don is telling you and what our advice would be if you came to see me would be, you should have the right amount of risky things like stocks and the right amount of less risky things like bonds. That should be the approach. Some people can't take watching the market go down day after day. For you, then go time the market. That That's going to be the approach that will probably be better for you emotionally, not financially. Oh. That's the point. And it's expensive. It is expensive. And it's taxable. All these things that don't make sense. Oh, yeah. And the tax uh, the, ta- the tax disadvantages are huge. I just say, I, I don't see the point. Tom and Don are talking real money. We hope you're enjoying one of the more unique podcasts out there. But we want to remind you that there are other tools we offer to help you get educated about what we call real investing. We publish Real Investing Journal both as a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. You can check those out at realinvestingjournal.com. Then we offer classes, most of which are in the Seattle area, but now we've got a couple of the classes that we taught at RetireMeet online for free at TalkingRealMoney.com under the video link. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com, click on the video link, and finally... We rarely mention it, but we also manage wealth for hundreds of folks and well over a third of a million dollars through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestory. We manage money just as we talk about it. We always put our clients first, our fees are low, and we educate you on a regular basis. Go to Vestry.com to learn more and you can take our free no obligation risk quiz to understand the level of investment volatility you can tolerate. That's Vestry.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. And, you know, Tom, for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking real money on the road. You are going to be doing the Great American on Summer the Tour. I am. You already mentioned Waco. You mentioned Austin. We we should talk about well, the fact that you're going to be in uh, Utah. You'll actually be doing a class in Utah. Yeah, we'll so have that up online in, class, yeah. uh, in just a few days. Oh. Um, doing a class at BYU. That's right. Brigham Young University. Who be my knew? first Utah class. And I'll be doing, next week's show I'll be doing from Waco. Yeah. And then the week after that, I will be doing my show from... From where, from where it all began. Colorado Springs? Colorado Springs, Colorado. Wow. That was where Beautiful I did my spot. first 
radio show. Yeah. That's where I became a stockbroker. And that's also where I started with Business Radio Network. That's you know, did. Business Radio Networks, you know when their first broadcast was? Don't tell me. I'm going to figure this out on my own. 1987. Right. No, 88. Oh, you know what day? Pretty close. Do you know what day? Don't know. Yeah, if I didn't know the year, how July would I know what day? July 4th. Oh, okay. July 4th, yeah. 1988, Business Radio Network went on the air. I was the original financial editor. I was broadcasting the very first day on KVOR. And do you know how many stations we had? Or on, on BRN. you know how many stations we had carrying the network? Three. One. 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 <laughs> Leadville. Okay. Leadville, Colorado. Yeah. Limited listenership. Uh, we figured it was just elk kind of getting it through their antlers because there's nothing else up there. Leadville, that's where Molly Brown's from. Yeah, that, that's, that's kind of a... That's 10,000 feet. It was looking good for about five or ten years during the uh, gold rush. But after that, things didn't... Or pardon me, the lead rush. Then yeah. it didn't work out no, so it was, well. It was gold and silver. Okay. All right. It was gold and silver. Then lead and then molybdenum. And pe- a lot of people don't know that I actually came on the show at Business Radio Network with you when you were in Colorado Springs. In, you probably yeah, forgotten. Like 1989 or something. Uh, 90, let's see. 90, 90. I think it was 1990. No, I think it was 1992 because. Uh, oh, was it after I was married? Yeah, I think uh, Taylor was not born yet. And I believe. Anyway, so we were driving through and we went by to see you and we. <laughs> I'll never forget it. We, I mean, this is. We went over to your place. We had a very nice dinner. I had a couple of glasses of wine and all of a sudden you said, do you want to come down to the show? I was like, yeah, I'll come down to the show. Sure, whatever. Because I was doing night. Yeah, and yeah, then doing, uh, and then you said, oh, by the way, while you're here, do you mind being on the air? I said, I don't want to be on the air. No. I had a couple of glasses of wine, feeling good. Well, people can ask you these. I, it kind of scared me, but it worked out okay, I guess. So Yeah, at that point, I was on 90 yeah. stations. And that was like in the, the evening, I want to say. It was in the evening. Yeah. Was that, and then I that was the Ways was... and Means Committee, or was that the Don no, McDonald Show? No, that was show? the Don McDonald Show. The right. Ways and Means Committee only lasted for about a year. That's The right. reason we changed the name was because stations would call in and go, uh, uh, yeah, I want that Don McDonald show. And they go, you mean the Ways and Means Committee? No, no, I want Don McDonald's show. And they had no idea what yeah. it was called. They just knew who the host was. But I started in radio at a station called KVOR, the yeah. voice of the Rockies. Still there. In 1985, they moved from 1300 a.m. to 740 a.m., but they are still, as they were when I was there, the number one rated station in the market. St- they still they number one. They beat the huh? FMs. Wow. They beat the FM. They are the number one rated station in the market. So you're going talk. back to the future here. I am. And so, I mean, this is really is the Great American Road Trip. You're driving yeah. literally across the country. I'm driving from Orlando, I Florida. don't even like driving from Woodenville to Bellevue, so I I'm looking you. forward to it. <laughs> driving from Orlando, Florida. We're visiting some friends of my wife in Houston. Then we're going to visit Dimensional Funds in Austin. Yeah. Then we're going to visit the uh, Magnolia Market in Waco. Then mm-hmm. we're visiting friends of my wife in Dallas. Then we're shooting over to Albuquerque, New Mexico, where we're visiting family there. Then I'm going to go up and see the memorial to my brother, who uh, died in a car wreck in Southern Colorado. Yeah. Then we're going over to Colorado Springs to visit family. Goldie the Golden Bee at the Broadmoor. Oh man, that's We've been, a I've been there with. Beer. I've been there with you. Yeah, yard of beer. Mm-hmm. Then up to Denver to visit family. Then and friends because I used to work on KOA. Then over to Boulder to visit family and friends and my son who lives out there now. And then Debbie and I are going to drive through the mountains of Colorado up to Steamboat Springs where I went to high school and camp. Okay, so let's. Mountains. You've been asking for a show of hands. How many of you in the audience think Don should have to take vacation days for this? And how many of you think this should just be regular work days? I'll be working. I don't see a whole lot of hands going up, so I guess you're okay. <laughs> well, no, I'll be working and vacationing. Uh, I should probably do like half vacation. Yeah, I, I only have six weeks of vacation I, coming. I know. And I'll never take it all. I, I know. Me either, ever. by the way. So, because somebody, I, I ran Lake. into somebody re- recently that said, how many, they were complaining their husband doesn't take all his vacation. I said, I don't think I've taken a day off since really since we started this firm seven years ago. Really? Right. I, I mean, mean, really, where it, I just it, didn't do anything? No. You take, uh, it, it, it's like I'm going right. to do. We're going to drive, hours drive six yeah. hours, right. then I'm going to go to a hotel and work for a few hours. Yeah. It's like you did at Lake Chelan when exactly. I came out to visit you yeah. there and wouldn't go in that stupid freezing cold water. Ah, that water is perfect. It, it it's, a, it's a glacier yes. that just lost its ice. And yeah, and, and it's 100 it's degrees like, outside. It's perfect. You and jump it's in, you 12 cool degrees up. in the water. <laughs> okay. You're going to, that's a bet you will lose in this part of the country, but okay. You go ahead, that finish your trip. Cold. You're going to Salt Lake. You're going okay, to Colorado. Salt Lake, yeah. doing a class. I'm getting then dizzy here. Cutting, then cutting up through Idaho, uh-huh. visiting somebody. My wife wants to stop and visit somebody in Portland. Oregon? Oregon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, we I know, I thought ending. maybe you're 
touring to Portland, Maine. What we do are I know? ending that, the first leg of our nationwide tour in Seattle, Washington, where I will be for four weeks. Good Lord, help us all. Helping set up our new office, the new vestry You thought carrying office. furniture was tough at your place. Wait till you try this. No, no. I It's it's called delegating. <laughs> you go do that. we got a lot of strong young guys that can move things delegating. from there to there. Yeah, Good point. Exactly. All right. I'm going to delegate. So how does that sound? That's, we got, that is literally some, from one end of the country to the other. It literally is. We're going to have some fun, too, while you're here. We've got a great event that we'll talk about coming soon that uh, we're going to do the show live. Anyway, well, come it's see the big the open office. house. Yeah, it's the big fun. open house for the new office. We've got some food trucks. It'll be a good deal. That'll be coming yeah. up a couple weeks. We had a lot of good stuff coming up. And then up. we're going to throw you in Lake Chelan. We already figured out a way to do that, so that'll be good, too. Well, you know, the trick to that is if you take me to Lake <laughs> Chelan, there's no one to open the new office. Oh, that's a good point. As you pointed out, you're leaving on vacation when we're moving to the new office. Yeah. I said, that's I the perfect that was time to go. convenient. <laughs> that's the perfect time to be out of town. August 1st, we move into oh. our new office. Tom starts his vacation like August 1st. Do we have time for a quick call? Because we got somebody waiting. We have a minute, minute right. and a half. Let's go to him real Finally, quick. Finally, we got a caller. Let's go, Richard. You're, you're, we're, we're in a hurry. How can we help you? Hi, um, I was wondering uh, how you feel about, uh, I guess, owning a home versus just investing in stocks. Why would you want to own a home, Richard? Uh, for well, what I purpose? actually don't, but everyone else seems to tell me that it's a good idea. Oh, in other words, you're going to make, you're going to get rich <laughs> investing in local real estate as opposed yeah. to investing in stocks. That's the. You're not. That's Houses hasn't been at, true. I'll put it that way. Homes as an investment nationwide have done very poorly. They really have never made any money. If it's a lifestyle decision, do it. But, you know, it uh, owning a home is expensive. It's not just the payment. Once you own a home, everything that goes wrong is your responsibility. If you rent, it's not your responsibility. Well, let's give a quick number. Let's give a quick. The uh, nationwide, going back about 60 years, owning local years. real estate. Yeah, you've made about 2% a year more than inflation. Globally, if you own stocks, you've made about 8% over inflation in that same period of time. So that's pretty easy. If you don't need it for a family, if you don't need it for your lifestyle, I think it's a mistake personally to own a home. You're better off renting and investing that extra money. So go do it. Thanks so much for calling. We appreciate it. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Tom and Don are talking real money. Quick break. In addition to our Talking Real Money podcast, we have a few other tools to help you gain a better understanding of the concept of real investing. Of course, there's Real Investing Journal. That's offered in both a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. Explore both those options at realinvestingjournal.com, realinvestingjournal.com. Then we teach classes. We offer most of our live classes in the Seattle area because that's where most of our offices are, but most of you live elsewhere. That's why we're now offering the same classes that Tom and I taught at RetireMeet online right now, free at TalkingRealMoney.com under the video link. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com and then click on the video link. You'll see them right there. Finally, we also manage the wealth or the budding wealth of hundreds of folks like you through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestory. You'll find our approach is consistent with the message we've been sharing for decades. We always put our clients' needs first. Our fees are among the lowest of any non-robo-advisor, and constant education is one of our core values. Visit Vestory.com for more information on our firm and to take our free no-obligation risk quiz to better understand and the level of investment volatility you can tolerate. That's Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. And uh, while I am gallivanting across the country, Tom is going to be doing something truly important. He is going to be teaching the only class we're doing in July on the science of retirement investing. And the material presented is the kind of knowledge you really, truly need to know. You need to know this. You're not going to be sold anything. You will get a valuable education. We guarantee it. Tickets are just 10 bucks. Go get them right now at TalkingRealMoney.com. That's TalkingRealMoney.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, 
Miller Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a family registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.